Hello, everyone. Welcome to Marketer Pitch, the news and trends podcast from a vantage black and brown perspective. I'm Yesenia Reynoso, one half of the squad. And to the opposite end of the spectrum is my good friend, partner, and co-host himself, Corey Davis. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays. And I hope that everyone has had a blessed and safe Christmas holiday season and looking forward to getting into uh, hopefully a better and and um, a better year in 20, with with 2022. Yes, um, definitely want to wish the Market of Pitch family a wonderful, safe, and festive holiday season. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy belated Hanukkah, uh, and Happy New Year! Since we are only just a few days away from 2022, wow, Corey, I, I definitely you know looking back in retrospect, the fact that we are completing yet another year uh definitely is is a testament to how crazy uh and inauspicuous uh, this year has been yeah and and one thing that's to me that's crazy is compared to last year at this exact time i know we recorded an episode uh the end of 2020 going to 2021 kind of saying the same sentiments really the only thing that's changed is a new president but uh, the rise in COVID cases at the end of last year at this time is equally the same as the, as 2021. So I really do hope we can finally put the the dangers and the perils of the pandemic behind us. And we look forward to our great 2022. I could definitely echo those, those sentiments, my friend. There's so many things that are happening right now. Uh, obviously, the resurgence of COVID cases with, with the Omicron variant now. Um, and uh, you know, in full in full sight, um, and uh, definitely a lot of other relevant societal factors that are that are currently happening. I think it's going to be really interesting to see as the overall direction uh, as to how next year is going to be turning out. But other than that, uh, we um, you know we here at Marketer Pitch will like to welcome everybody uh, to uh, season two. Episode 6, a.k.a. Volume 18. Uh, For those of you, uh, if this is your first time uh, tuning in, welcome. We're so thrilled to have you. For those who have been uh, tuning in since the, you know, from the very beginning, thank you so much. And uh, for everybody, if you want to access this episode and as well as all previous episodes from uh, the first half of Season 2, Season 1, and the Intermission Series Freestyle, it's available across all major podcasting mediums uh our youtube page uh and as well on the helium radio network uh every thursday morning so um and also don't forget if you haven't done so yet please follow us at marketer pitch on twitter or instagram we are definitely going to keep everybody updated as to any new developments uh, in the marketer pitch world. Uh, and finally, if you haven't done so yet, please do uh, download the Wisdom app as uh, the marketer pitch team uh, is uh, making its presence known as we will have uh, conversations, anything from the marketing, PR, thought leadership, or any other uh, relevant information in the, you know, across various industries i know we um you know we haven't been there uh as much due to uh time uh 
time conflicts, but uh, we are definitely going to be working very hard into 2022 to change all that. Uh, and so we got some uh, we got some pretty cool uh, ideas that are currently in discussion uh, that we are definitely going to bring into the into the wisdom family. So uh, keep uh, keep an eye on those uh, in in the coming weeks. Yes. Uh, and then please, like, I, I know you started it with saying if you ha- if this is your first episode, I do want to say welcome, but I also want to say where in the hell have you been? And please just catch up. We have some great content in, in the past episodes, and uh, hopefully you'll love this episode and want to continue listening to us in uh, 2022. If I were you, everyone. Please subscribe. I I cannot even, you know, emphasize the importance of that. If you haven't done so yet uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, please subscribe to Marketer Pitch and as well as through all major podcasting mediums as well. We are live on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon, Google, Apple. Uh, Spotify or any other major platform, please hit the subscribe button. We could definitely use the, you know, the support uh, to continue building marketer pitch because this program uh, is all about you from a marketing and PR perspective. We definitely want to bring you uh, into, you know, into the universe. And as well as we want to develop content that, you know, that perfectly emphasizes what's going on in our respective industries. And again, on top of the wisdom map, we also got some pretty exciting, exciting uh, content that uh, Corey and I have been working on that we cannot wait to introduce in 2022. And so if we want to, we want to hear from you if there, if you have any questions, thoughts, or suggestions uh, as to the direction of marketer pitch, please email us at marketerpitch at gmail.com. Also leave a review. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you. Please don't be shy. Uh, we are open to feedback and we definitely want to make this program all the more better for you. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's dive in, into uh, the program. Uh, we have a lot of jam pack uh, uh, courses, uh, I should say, since we are uh, in our um, in our season two structure. So let's get to it. Uh, Today, we're going to be, uh, for our appetizer course, uh, we're going to be putting the focus on a particular topic that has been, you know, that we discussed uh, throughout season one, and which has now, I think, you know, further, uh, you know, further cement uh, the overall direction as to uh, where it's going. And I'm talking about the cinema industry. And Corey, I'm sure if you you already know as to where we're going uh obviously the latest marvel uh and sony since it's a collaboration spider-man no way home uh ended up doing uh way better than anticipated it was a a monster in uh, in itself in terms of revenue and profit uh over the weekend uh, spider-man ended up being the first film in the pandemic era to make uh, approximately $253 million on opening weekend in the box office. Uh, it ended up being the number three uh, highest uh, film on opening weekend. And then eventually it over it ended up cementing itself on the number two slot behind Avengers Infinity War. The film ended up making $260 million. Uh, and then... Uh, now, this latest article from CNN Business, where Spider-Man No Way Home is the first film to make $1 billion since 2019. And I think it's safe to say that uh, 
uh, anything that uh, you know that Marvel touches turns to gold. And so, Spider Man: The No No Way Home, the latest movie in the Marvel franchise, crossed one billion at the global box office. The film studio Sony said on Sunday, the film reached a milestone just twelve days after it was released. Only 2019's Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity Infinity War reached that mark in less time, five days and 11 days, respectively. And so far, up to this point, the film has made more than $1.5 billion worldwide so far. Uh, Corey, this is no surprise. Again, everything that Marvel touches turns to gold, but it also emphasizes the power of what the Marvel brand is and how storytelling has, you know, truly... enticed and captured the audience's attention and i wanted to get your thoughts because we've had our fair share of discussions during season one about the future of the cinema industry and so um let's i want to i want to grab you in here uh and 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 tell us uh, tell me and uh and uh the market of pitch family uh, your thoughts yeah so i think this is a blessing and a curse for the cinema industry because it's a blessing of course where Spider-Man, I mean, who would have thought that uh, in the pandemic when cases are rising, this many people have flocked to the theaters to go see this film. It shows, like you just said, the level of enthusiasm, the level of passion, and the level of fandom of Marvel movies. And also, I mean, Spider-Man is a regal brand. I'll say that over. It's, mm-hmm. it's been, even with before uh, Marvel, when it was clearly just a Sony movie, it's been very popular through Andrew Greenfield and Tobey Maguire in the early 2000s. But I can just say overall, it really is, like you said, thanks to Disney and thanks to um, Marvel uh, coming together on this one and releasing it. it. It really shows that audiences are still wanting to go to the movies to see great content. Um, not only uh, did um, Spider-Man do, do as well, but um, Sing 2, which is an animated film with, I think, Reese Witherspoon starred in it. Mm-hmm. Is it did also equally as well, so it earned I think twenty five million at its first weekend at the box office, coming off the Christmas holiday season. So I think the audience audiences are there now. This is where it's a curse because now it's it gets me to think that if this was if this was a first or the largest um, film since pre pandemic to actually hit a billion, it makes me think that audiences are one are not going to theater not because they're scared of COVID. Is because of they're outweighing the risk of COVID going to see that film. So if the risk isn't, so if the film isn't something that's high on their priority list, they'll rather stay at home. So also movies, so box office uh, in the cinema industry and cinema advertisers and cinema owners are going to have to realize that going, you know, having tentpole films throughout the whole year may not be the case anymore. It may be only two films a year out of the whole 365 days that will only get big, big audiences. And the rest of the time, they're going to have a hard time struggling to fill those seats. And then on the other side, it's also we're looking at this Christmas season. So are we going to get to a place where theaters are really only, um, only like, I'll say like, care uh, horrible comparison, but like church, you know, mm-hmm. church attendance is big on Easter and, yeah. and the holidays. Are we getting to a place where people are only going to go to the theaters on big holidays and during ten, big temple films? And can that sustain a business having maybe a, a couple of months out of the whole year actually getting the bulk of your revenue? Can that sustain you in, in April through, through June? Or can that, can that sustain you through the fall? So I don't know. But I definitely feel like it's something that 
theater owners are probably happy about with Spider-Man, but in the back of their mind, they're like, oh, crap, this could be a larger problem going going into next year. You know, I, I find it kind of funny because if you looked at opening weekend, uh, obviously the fact that Marvel and Sony uh, generating $253 million and then eventually $200 uh, uh, 260, uh, which ended up being the second highest opening weekend. It was a much needed boost for the, you know, for the cinema and, and exhibition industries, respectively, because since the pandemic uh, started, you know, many movie theaters and um, and studios were really struggling to generate any kind of uh, income and or revenue whatsoever, and so. To have Spider Man uh, perform the way that it did, it definitely boosted boosted it up from a revenue standpoint. But again, it goes right back to the discussions that we've had uh, previously as to the continued evolution of the cinema industry. Is it becoming more of a um, a situation where now studios are going to now uh, gonna have to release their temple blockbusters based out of the movie going experience? Because with rises, obviously with the COVID situation continuing to linger around, and with the rise of ticket prices and as well as all other um, uh, relevant factors, uh, studios are legitimately going to have to uh, question as to whether or not if their film is a movie-going experience enough for people to actually spend it versus sitting at home and watching it uh, uh, on a, on a streaming service, and so I think uh, the disparity uh, became abundantly apparent when Spider Man ended up dominating the entire um, film slate that you know that particular weekend, making obviously again north about million versus all of the other films that came out like Disney's Encanto, uh, S- Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, uh, among others. They did putrid. Uh, they end up getting cream and not generating the revenue that they anticipated. They got slaughtered, basically. And again, it goes right back to the million-dollar question, uh, whether or not uh, the movie-going experience has forever changed. Now studios are going to have to decide whether or not if this particular film is um, revenue enough for it to debut across a uh, you know a film screen and does it allow moviegoers to actually uh, wanting to get that movie going experience uh, to actually spend uh, $20-25 on a movie ticket uh, for the, for them to watch it on a you know on a 50 foot screen versus uh, watching it in the comfort of their home yes and and um, and also I think the matrix came out this past week as well uh, during the Christmas holiday season, and mm-hmm. the in the in the you know celebration and the hoopla of Spider Man doing well, Matrix for a big box office film with a lot of promotion actually is not doing too well. Which I know some investors yeah. are, are causing raising the red flag, raising their hand yeah. that this is a cause of concern because, like you just said, even other big ten films that we think would do well are not doing well as Marvel. So is this really only if Marvel's not in theaters, then theaters are going to die? And if that's yeah. the case, then are are we going to see you know twenty, thirty, forty plus Marvel films in the in the theaters every single year? Yeah, and also you have to also take into account that you know due to the high uh, quality of uh, the high high star quality of what Marvel puts out uh, every single time, you have to understand that their fan base is so incredibly potent. 
you know, the, the you know, all of these, Mar- you know, these Marvel characters, you know, these are uh, ones that us and our, you know, our followers um, see from their childhood. And so this is like a, an experience for them, uh, you know, to go and to see these films. Uh, the same can be said on the DC end, but uh, Corey, is there anything else uh, from, uh, you know, from uh, about this particular story that you want to point out before we transition on to, I think, you know, it, it's safe to say that um, I think the movie going experience, I think is going to be more blockbuster, um, um, blockbuster worthy. I think studios are really going to have to genuinely decide as to whether or not is the film, uh, you know, from a profit standpoint, very high quality enough for people to go into the movie theaters. Yeah, and I think it's one thing we just have to stay close to it. And uh, it would be great in our back half of our season two of Marketer Pitch that we just do a deep dive and maybe make our entree just more of about the cinema industry and our thoughts on how can it be survived and saved? And if not, what the what is the future of of advertiser advertising in cinemas and also the marketing and PR of cinema industry? Where, where does it go from here? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that, we'll definitely put a bow uh, into it, and uh, we will definitely pick up this discussion again during the second half of season two. So uh, this is definitely uh, one that cannot be missed. So uh, that wraps up our advertiser segment. And now we move on to the entree course where uh, we are now going to be entering into uh, what I like to call sports mania next year uh, and also a sneak peek uh, into the beginning of the second half of season two. Uh, We got two major sporting events that are going to be happening literally simultaneously uh, one another. uh, And that is the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl 56. Um, uh, if, if I'm saying it correctly, Corey, please correct me if I am not. Uh, and uh, and the Winter Olympics, uh, which will be held uh, this year in China, and mm-hmm. already we are seeing controversies uh coming out of the you know coming out of these Winter Games. Obviously, the fact that um, obviously with the COVID, uh, with still living in the COVID um, COVID pandemic era. Uh, and now um, news that, you know, that also spawned up uh, where we've had various uh, Western countries, including the United States, Canada, uh, Great Britain, among others, uh, notifying that, uh, uh, notifying uh, the world that they are issuing a diplomatic boycott of the, of the Winter Olympics. Uh, due to uh, human rights uh, violations uh, that China has done. Uh, and so, uh, Corey, I wanted to, you know, um, bring, this, uh, bring this to light since we're going to be putting a lot of, uh, you know, from a marketing and, and a PR standpoint, um, there is going to be a lot of heavy emphasis in terms of the overall messaging. And we also touched base on this when we did our free, our freestyle series about the Tokyo games. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that the messaging uh, is definitely going to, um, is definitely going to border on border on the neutral. Uh, but, uh, but is it going to be, you know, is it going to be polarized? 
you know, like, you know, like with what everything that has been happening here or uh, over the last several years. And so, Corey, I uh, want, want to bring you into the loop. What are your thoughts about this? Uh, and what does this uh, foreshadow uh, for the 2022 uh, Winter Games? So I, I th- and like you said, we definitely talked about this on our freestyle series. So I would encourage everyone to go back into our intermission series, season 1.5, to go listen to that series because we had some great back and forth things, some great rapport. But on this particular topic, one thing that I mentioned that I was, I was just initially shocked after the Olympics, it was how brands kind of seem to ignore the pandemic or ignore the fact that we're mm-hmm. celebrating a, a 2021 Olympics, but calling it 2020. So all of that was kind of ignored in the in the and the um, for the almighty dollar and ignored just to 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 make an impact. And I think we're going to see the same thing from the next Beijing Olympics coming up in February, and then also and also the Super Bowl for yeah. brands. I think right now brands are more trying to. If you look at the kind of the marketing and the PR around it, they're kind of torsing to an optimistic tone. And I think mm-hmm. this is like once, you know, once future college kids, when they're studying what happened during the pandemic and how, you know, and, and from a marketing, advertising, PR standpoint, what was actually um, was actually happening with brands, you're going to see an evolution because starting in 2020, brands take a more serious tone where they were, you know, dealing with the the initial onset of the pandemic and then dealing with the the uh, the riots and then dealing with the the injustices with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and uh, Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. So a lot of brands were kind of taking a note from it. Where I think now we've almost begun on 180, and brands are kind of saying, "I want to just stay out of everything, and I want to live life in a in a non-pandemic, in a non-crazy um, world." And my my messaging is going to be reflective of that. So yeah. Uh, while a few brands have pulled out of, I have pulled out of Super Bowl uh, this year. Majority of them have have said that either they're going to have a commercial, like Tide said, they're not going to have a commercial, but they're going to have on on the ground activations. So you're still going to see brands very activated. You're still going to see brands um, in the Super Bowl. In, in the Super Bowl, you're going to see brands in the Olympics because at the end of the day, you're really getting to you're really getting to what these companies are. They're corporations. Whose end of the goal, end of the day goal is to make money, and as marketers, our job was we may not agree with that. So I may not agree with certain standpoints, but our job is to support those messaging. And if the brand and the audiences are feeling that they want to move away or they don't care about some of these issues that we're talking about, whether it's mm-hmm. the injustices going on in China and Beijing and how they treat their citizens, also the things that are still happening with the Super Bowl, rising COVID cases. Uh, the firing of um, coaches like John Gruden, who said racist, homophobic, and sexist comments, um, to players who also another Raiders player who killed someone when he was drinking and driving. So those those issues that happened in the Super Bowl this year, excuse me, the NFL, are not going to be reflected in in 2022. When you look at this, you're going to think that this is a great year, and the brands are going to reflect that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I find it kind of funny because from a PR standpoint, uh, many brands, you know, continue to walk that tightrope where uh, the neutral ground uh, in terms of messaging is, um, is still trying to sort itself out. 
Uh, I think uh, we're seeing brands either being very vocal as to important societal issues and being at the forefront forefront of it, I should say, uh, or they are not responding to it at all because they either are they legitimately do not know uh, the the overall spectrum of the topic or topics, or they just don't want to shoot themselves in the foot uh, because they don't want to tell a story that at the end can cause backlash. And obviously, you know, if you're going to look from a crisis comm standpoint, uh, the last thing that you need to be doing is um, saying something that could come back and bite you in the end and it could really uh, balloon into a real life crisis. Uh, and so I think messaging uh, heading not only into the 22 Olympic Games, uh, but also for the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be, you know, uh, continuing on the sort of optimism. But I think uh, there's still going to be a lot of uncertainty because brands legitimately do not know where they stand. And due to the polarization, I think many people are fatigued, Corey. I think it's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. many people are sick and tired of hearing you know, uh, important societal issues or politics in general uh, being tied in into um, major cultural events. I think the story, you know, with the diplomatic boycott uh, that some of these Western countries are doing is, a you know, it's another clear-cut example that politics continues to reign supreme on cultural events and many people are just sick and tired of, you know, having, you know, these, the toxicity of politics being interwoven onto major, uh, cult, uh, major cultural um, objectives. Uh, and so many people are, you know, just want to be entertained. Uh, and so I think brands right now are, you know, trying to decide the direction as to whether or not do they continue being vocal or do they, you know, uh, lay, you know, keep on the lowdown. Uh, and not say anything at all, but instead try to figure out a way to be neutral. Um, and I think, uh, you know, uh, companies need to have a heart, uh, need to have a pulse on absolutely every single platform or avenue there is, because in order for them to position themselves from a messaging and storytelling standpoint to hit their targeted or universal audiences, they need to have a clear cut understanding as to what their audience is feeling. Uh, uh, and what do they want to see? Because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to um, how their audience reacts to certain products, uh, the storytelling element that ties to it, and of course, the financial uh, background. Uh, companies uh, will, will ultimately decide as to whether or not is this profitable? Is it something that is going to generate money? And is it going to further elevate my, uh, my brand from a reputation standpoint? Uh, the, they have to weigh the, the pros and the cons. Yeah, and and I th- and I think that um, most brands, like you just said, because of audiences, are do kind of have fatigue as far as wanting to brands to talk about politics, wanting brands to talk about uh, the pandemic. And I even think it's, I think I said in the in the passing the previous episode about how brands who uh, don't have uh, don't have the best representation should even go into the political landscape because they're they're not speaking cl- clearly and correctly to the issue. Yeah. Um, so I even said that in the past, so I kind of agree with that sentiment. I, but I just personally want to see some kind of acknowledgement of what's going on in society in your advertising, in your messaging, because it really builds a connection and it showed that some of these brands that I love 
If mm-hmm. I'm going through certain issues, brands that I love are also going through that. And it just brings more affinity down the line and support versus, you know, ignoring what's going on with the consumers. Yeah, the, you know, brands cannot run away with it. And, you know, and, and that's, a, you know, that's a death set truth. Uh, you're going to have to acknowledge it at some capacity. I think by now, uh, brands should have uh, an idea as to how the pandemic has uh, transpired and as well as other societal issues, uh, you know, that, um, you know, from a company standpoint, if your employees feel very passionate about it, and if you feel passionate as well, uh, 100% uh, uh, go uh, and be the thought leaders uh, in that arena. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, uh, but I always say is that authenticity matters uh, in the PR world. Uh, and so um, I think um, truth is, uh, you know, matters now more than ever. Uh, everything right now is too heavily narrative based, uh, where um, perception uh, and public opinion has been severely tarnished. Uh, many people just don't trust uh, these, uh, these institutions anymore. And so it's up to these companies to decide as to what exactly is going to be their brand voice and story and how do they, uh, interconnect with audiences in a way that's relatable, that's authentic, uh, and also well aware, uh, as to what's going on in this world. And I think, you know, uh, as we, you know, enter into the second, uh, second half of the season where we have these two major sporting events, I think we're going to be doing a, a much deeper dive, you know, as to how the overall messaging, the advertising and the PR aspects of it, how, you know, how do brands do differently than, um, than in, in previous years? Yeah, I agree. Yep, and so uh, that wraps up our uh, our second segment, the entree. Uh, Corey, I think uh, it is safe to say we have laid down the groundwork for what I think is going to be a killer uh, kickoff to the second half of our season. Yes, and I'm looking forward to you know I'm looking for I'm looking forward to a little break in January, but also looking forward to coming back in February with an action packed uh, you know slate of episodes because I think we have some really good content upcoming. For the audiences. Yes. And before we wrap up, uh, you know, this particular episode, I want us to quickly dive into the dessert portion where obviously we're about to start a new year, 2022. And so Corey, I want to get a quickly, uh, it could be, uh, either one word or a small little phrase. Uh, tell me what is, uh, in your mind, what is going, uh, the 20, what is your 22, 2022 prediction, uh, for where, uh, the marketing industry is going to go? I think the marketing industry is going to uh, finally uh, come start. You're going to start seeing more coming out of this pandemic. I think with the Omicron variant, while it's very um, contagious, more so than Delta and just the, uh, the initial COVID-19 string, um, it's less, the cases are less mild. So I'm hoping, and I think the prediction is by summer of next year, while you may see cases rise, I don't think hospitalizations will go up, hopefully, with more increased vaccination levels. All that to say... Um, I think I think the from a branding standpoint, you're going to see kind of a, a celebrational tone and you're going to start mm-hmm. seeing brands really uh, just highlight support, whether it's um, whether it's uh, different initiative, different initiatives that they're looking to increase, whether it's summer vacations. So I think you're going to see that the first half of the year. And unfortunately, this latter half of the year, we have the 2022 midterm elections coming up. And if that was anything like 2020 and the contentiousness around it, 
I think you're going to see from the late summer to the early fall, a lot of political messaging, and that's going to start to come back. So I think it's going to be a tale of Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to the industry. Well, uh, you know, for me uh, personally, uh, coming from the PR uh, lens, I think, you know, 2022, there's definitely going to be a lot of critical communication uh, trends from uh, from these certain uh, arenas. Number one, DEI. I think it's become abundantly clear that companies need clear-cut strategy in terms as to uh, their diversity, equity, and inclusion objectives. Number two, wellness and mindfulness. I think now with the with the arrival of the remote and hybrid models and as well as uh, employees dealing with burnout and other uh, relevant um, ish, uh, relevant situations tied to mental health, uh, mental health, I think companies now need to be much more upfront in terms of the mindfulness and wellness strategies, how they're keeping employees uh, well-informed, uh, well uh, um, updated and active. Uh, and as well as the policies uh, that, uh, you know, that we're going to be witnessing, like uh, unlimited PTO um, and, uh, you know, and other very popular uh, um, procedures and policies that employees are, you know, are definitely going to be striving for. Uh, Technology, I think it's become abundantly clear. It's no longer IT. I think it's now part of the everyday messaging. And so where does tech tie into um, company strategies and finally corporate responsibility. I think brands need to have a very clear indication as to who they are, what they represent, the mission and values, and how does it all tied uh, to their overall business plans. So I definitely think uh, there's, def- uh, you know, we're really going to be seeing a lot of important critical communications uh, from those specific uh, arenas that are going to be heavily prominent in the PR industry for next year. Agree. I think it's yeah. a good. That's a good, good way. Good predictions that we should come back to next year. Absolutely, and that wraps up our quick dessert on the go uh, segment. So, uh, just wanted to get that squeezed in there before we officially wrap up the show. And guess what? We have finally arrived to that point. To our marketer pitch family, I think it's safe to say that the first half of our second season is nothing short but amazing. And Corey. Uh, is there any final words before we officially sign off for our hiatus? No, I think everyone, hope everyone has a, a blessed uh, new year and looking forward to picking up the conversation in February. Thank you, Corey. And uh, you definitely hit that right on the nail. Thank you so much to our marketer pitch family. Uh, for uh, you know, for tuning in to the first half of season number two, and yes, as Corey mentioned, uh, the marketer pitch team will officially be on hiatus, uh, and uh, we will return with all new episodes and the second half kickoff to season two of Marketer Pitch in February 2022. Uh, and so we cannot wait to continue bringing all of these conversations to you, and as well as some. Some surprises. So uh, if you have not yet, again, please subscribe uh, to uh, Marketer Pitch uh, across major podcasting mediums and our YouTube page. Follow us at Marketer Pitch on Twitter or Instagram because we will officially reveal um, some really cool surprises, uh, including the se- the season two, the official season, uh, season two, uh, uh, volume 19, a.k.a. episode seven uh, kickoff. 
uh, in February. And uh, and don't forget, uh, catch up on all of these episodes on the Helium Radio Network and um, as well as uh, download the Wisdom app where the Marketer Pitch team uh, will uh, uh, will continue the conversations there. Uh, well, that wraps it up. Corey, any last words? Uh, no. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in February. Thank you. Uh, and uh, on behalf of Corey and myself, thank you all so very much for tuning in to Volume 18. We will see you all uh, for uh, Season 2, Volume 19, a.k.a. Episode 7 and the second half, a kickoff to Season 2 in February 2022. Thank you again, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And we'll see you in February. Bye. Bye.